0: What's up, everybody? This is Colby Wood with the Medical Sales Certification Podcast. Welcome to this episode, and happy Monday. Hope you guys had a good weekend. Um, A video that I put online the other day, I think it was over the weekend, uh, actually it was Friday night, um, and it was from one of our courses at uh, medicalsalescertificationprogram.com. One of the courses in the Sales Fundamentals course is um, the customer is not always right. And what I wanted to do was unpack that a little bit because, you know, when you, when you post a video on Instagram or, um, yeah, I guess on Instagram, you, get, you have one minute uh, to post that video and, and a lot of times you can't really unpack those ideas. And so what I wanted to do is kind of unpack that for you here. And I do that in the, uh, in the program as well online um, that you can access if you'd like to. It's a free program. Um, but I wanted to unpack that here in, the, in this episode as well. It's kind of top of mind for me. Um, and the idea behind it is that the customer is not always right, period. Like, that's a statement. We know that the customer is not always right. There's a lot of times where customers are going to lie to you. You know, I remember when my, my wife and I, we moved back to Illinois from Arizona. Um, we were working out in Arizona, living out there for a while. Um, we moved back, and my wife was pregnant at the time. And so um, what she did is when, when we moved back, she was... We knew that she was not going to go back to work full-time after the baby. And um, and so when we moved back, we had, a, I think, five, five six, I guess, uh, for seven months until, until the baby was going to be due. And so she went to work at Lululemon. And so she's working at Lululemon just on the floor. And they would pretty routinely have customers bring back products. Typically, they were pants or whatever they would bring back products that had obviously been worn and used multiple times. And they would tell them like, no, 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 I never used this. This, you know, it's brand new. I just need a different size or, you know, I want to return it and get my money back. And clearly their customers were coming to them, lying to them saying that, oh, I never used this pair of pants. But obviously like they had clearly been worn. They weren't brand new. Tags were off of them and they it was just obvious that they were not a brand new pair of pair of pants and so the customers were lying to them right so and i say that just to to be clear customers lie like people lie customers lie so the the point is not whether customers are right or wrong we know that customers lie and so we also know that customers are not always right and so from a sales perspective everybody always says the customer is always right like no that's not really true, and I understand why why people say the customers are always right because you're trying to you know be you don't want to call the customer out necessarily. Sometimes that jeopardizes the relationship. Um, but from my perspective, it's important to kind of draw a distinction here on what what we're trying to get at or what I'm trying to get at here with the customer not always being right. It's that yes people lie. Customers are not always right. But you need to use agreement with the forward. So the customer are not, customers are not always right. And so many people struggle to agree with other people that they disagree with, right? That's that's the intuitive thing to do. If somebody's telling you something that you don't believe or that you think is wrong, the intuitive thing is to say, yeah, I, I don't think that's right. Or no, that's not true or something of that nature. But the problem with that is, And I think it gets magnified when we're talking about cold calling or you're meeting with the customer for the first time or the second time, or you don't have a real strong relationship with them. You know, in our case for a surgeon, if you don't have a real strong relationship with the surgeon, that's where I think this is actually most important for you is that you're going to use agreement early on in the sales process to keep the conversation going, to keep things moving forward. Because when you start, anytime you have a disagreement between two people, it's going to put up a barrier and you're going to struggle to move forward, especially in a in a in um, in an exchange or in a, a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I don't know. I can't think of it. An exchange, right? Where we're in a sales position where we're giving something to the customer and they're going to pay for it, right? Um, exchange. Yeah, whatever. That's the best word I can think of right now especially in exchange when you have disagreement it's going to be really hard to get the customer to agree to exchange with you and so what you've got to do is use the agreement even if they're wrong according to what you think even if you think they should be doing something differently even if they're doing a technique or doing a procedure that you think should be done a different way use the agreement as a way to advance the conversation you know i heard i've never done stand up comedy but i remember Uh, I don't remember if I heard about this or read this on on an article or something like that, but especially when stand up comedians are doing improv comedy, when they're doing improv and they've got to pull things from the crowd and they don't know what's going to come from the crowd, there are some techniques that they use to stay on track, right? Because if you're standing up in front of a crowd and, and you're the comedian, and you're just doing improv, you have no idea what the cu- what what the customer, I guess, technically it would be the customer, but the customer is going to throw at you as an idea, you know, throw out an idea for this. And then this, what, this is what happened, right? They're trying to uh, piece together a narrative as they walk through this show or this episode or whatever you want to call it, this, this skit on stage, they're trying to piece it together with the information that the audience is throwing them. And so one of the techniques that they use is yes and, right? It's yes and. And they use that when they've got a narrative going and they're trying to go in one direction and somebody from the crowd throws them something that is not going to be consistent with where they're trying to take this narrative. They use yes and as a way to acknowledge that, okay, yeah, we're going to use what you just said and we're going to go in this direction. It's actually allows them to redirect in the direction that they want to go and they're not kind of thrown off their game and at the same time it doesn't feel as though they just totally discounted whatever the person in the audience threw them as an idea so from the audience perspective it feels like whatever idea i just threw at this guy or gal they're now using in the mix and it's it actually it makes them feel positive like I threw out an idea and he's like, yes, and this happened. <laughs> right? And then the comedian can just continue on the path, whatever path they want to lead. And they're not going to be sidetracked by this, this random idea that, that could throw them off the off their track, so to speak. And so there's ideas like this where what I'm trying to do is make it appear as though I agree with everything that the customer's saying, even if I internally don't. Even if I know that the product I sell is going to require this surgeon to do something different than what they're currently doing, I'm going to use the agreement to keep the ball rolling, to keep the conversation going. If, if certain, let me give you an example of this, because this may be a better way that I can kind of communicate the, the idea. In, I'm going to use rotator cuff repair. That's, you know, in orthopedics, that's fundamental if you're in sports medicine I guess sports medicine orthopedics you're going to do a lot of rotator cuff repairs that's the most commonly torn tendon in the shoulder you're going to do a lot of those as an orthopedic surgeon you're going to you're going to see a lot of those as a rep all right so there are there are a number of different ways to do rota, do a rotator cuff repair from a technique standpoint and there's generally two distinct ways that surgeons are kind of trained on or have a belief on for doing those repairs, it's single row repair versus double row repair. We actually go into this in depth um, in the complete shoulder uh, program, uh, which is on the online as well. We go in depth on why um, why a surgeon would want to do a double row repair and what the kind of the arguments for are for that technique, and we also talk about the arguments for the single row rotator cuff repair. Now, I'm not going to get into the details on this podcast. It's kind of outside the scope of what we're talking about. Um, but the idea is that there are there's a thinking or a belief that a lot of surgeons have in single row versus double row, right? They're going to be, I'm, I'm a single row guy. I do single row rotator cuff repair. Or I'm a double row guy. I do double row rotator cuff repair. If you are the sales rep and you're selling, let's say, a double row rotator cuff repair product. And you walk in to call on a customer and, and they tell you, I do single row repair and my patients do great. What is the automated response or the the uh, what you feel like you should jump to at that point, if you're selling double row? You would jump to, well, I don't know why you're doing that. Have you seen the studies that say this, that double row is better? Or are you sure? Have you ever done double row repair? Because the biomechanical studies show that it's actually a stronger construct than what you're currently doing. Or do you ever do double row repair? Because, you know, there's good reason to believe that uh, you get the idea, right? The, the, uh, the instinct is to start backing up our claim and start in all, for all intents and purposes, an argument. You're trying, this surgeon is saying, I do single row rotator cuff repair. And you're going to come back and say, no, but I've got all these reasons why you should do double row rotator cuff repair, which is why I'm here to talk to you you about my product. What I am arguing is that's the wrong approach to have. And I'm arguing that it's the wrong approach to have, not because you're not at some point going to have to have that conversation with the customer. You certainly are, right? At some point, if you're selling a double row rotator cuff repair product to a surgeon, that does single row rotator cuff repair. If you want that surgeon to use your product, at some point, you're going to have to confront the fact that, doc, you're going to have to change your technique to what I sell, right? Like, <laughs> I get it. I get it. At some point, you're going to have to go down that road. But the problem is, when does that happen? Like, if you've got a really, let's just paint the opposite ends of the spectrum. Let's say, this doctor you've got a really good relationship with you talk about everything they like you you like them there's a good rapport there if you've got a new product that comes to market and they say and you're like hey what are you doing for this procedure And the doctors like oh I do single row you could probably get away with saying like no dude you need to do double row I've got this new thing let me show you the data says this here's what you should be doing like you can probably get away with it if you've got a really good relationship with the doctor But let me paint the other picture for you, which is what the majority of reps are running into. It's that you're walking in to a cold call, or let's say you cold called on a customer and you actually got a meeting with a doctor, and you're going to meet with this doctor for the first time, or maybe you've seen him in passing randomly, and so he may know your name, but you don't have any other rapport with him. You're going to walk up to that doctor and he's going to say, no, I do single row rotator cuff repair. And you're gonna have the same approach of, no, dude, let me show you why this is better. You can't do it there. Like that's so, f- the problem is it's happening way too early in the sales process, in the sales cycle for that customer. You don't have a relationship with them. You're trying to develop that relationship with them. What you need to do is agree with the customer to keep the conversation going. Because I, I know from experience, when you start confronting surgeons about their techniques, why they do one thing over the other, almost all the time you're going to you're going to immediately put up barriers between you and the customer if you don't have the confidence and the trust between you two to have that very candid conversation see like when you start when you're starting to ask a surgeon to do a different technique than what they're used to doing than what they're currently doing most of those surgeons are doing the same techniques that they learned in fellowship or residency you know fellowship that they did a fellowship they're doing the same techniques that their attending surgeons taught them when they were younger. And they went through 15 years of schooling and you're some idiot little rep that just walked in here and randomly got lucky with a job selling a product, have no medical background, didn't go to med school, didn't go to a residency, didn't go to fellowship, and you're gonna tell them why they should do a different technique or a different procedure, right? Understand that that's the scenario. You've got a, you've got a surgeon who most of the time has somewhat of an ego and you've got a rep who has no clinical experience right I mean you're not you're not a rep that sees patients like maybe you work you know depending on the product you use you might see patients but you're not actually caring for patients and so you've got to respect the difference in authority or the difference in position and the difference in the title there and respect that there's not enough trust and confidence between you and that surgeon to have that conversation yet, but most time, most of the time, and it's an instinctual thing. Most of the time, your instinct is, no, you should be doing something else. Or, I understand you're doing single row rotator cuff repair, but let me show you these studies that say double rows better. Like, that is not the way to influence and persuade. By definition, you're not going to influence and persuade people by telling them they're wrong in the first 30 seconds of meeting them. The idea is that you got to meet them on their level. Like, yeah, come back to that later, but don't use that in the first, you know, three minutes of meeting this doctor. Like, that's the problem. Use the agreement as a way to keep the conversation going, to to get on the same level and on the same page with the surgeon, right? So surgeon says, I do single row rotator cuff repair. Great. I totally agree. You should be doing single row rotator cuff repair. Your patients are doing great. That's awesome. Single row is great. That is the way to do it for sure. <laughs> All right. I'm exaggerating a little bit there, but the idea is that I need to agree with the surgeon. Yeah, I'm with you. Good, good. You should be doing single row. You know, there's, there's good reason to believe that single row is, is a, is the right option for most, most rotator cuff tears, right? Whatever that looks like for you, but use the agreement as a way to keep the conversation going. C- Cause then you can dig into it deeper, right? You're you're still in the discovery phase. Like you're going to I think it fundamentally comes down to reps are trying to pitch their product way too soon. Like if they don't have a problem or they don't have a perceived problem, they're not going to buy your product. People buy products to solve problems. And if they don't think that they have a problem, they're not going to buy your product. I mean unless they just love you or they, for whatever reason, love your product, it's not going to happen. And so you, you walk in and they're like, I do single row rotator cuff repair. My patients do great. The wrong thing to do is to say, uh, I don't think you should be doing that. Research says you should be doing something else. No. The different thing to do is to start digging into how long have you been doing single row rotator cuff repair? Where, where did you learn to do single row rotator cuff repair? What are your thoughts on single row versus double row in the literature? I know that double row appears biomechanically to be a stronger construct and a better construct. Have you ever talked with any of your surgeon peers about double row versus single row? Right? You need to flow into the questions. You need to flow into your discovery questions. Right? Like, you're still in the qualification phase. But most, most reps, instead of using the agreement, they use disagreement right away. No, you shouldn't be doing that. You should be doing double row. Like, what are you doing? I mean, that's just... So anyway, I, I digressed a little bit there, but that's the idea. And I, what I wanted to do is to take an episode to be able to kind of explain that and unpack that further, because I think so many reps early on with surgeons that they don't have a good relationship with are, the disagreements are stopping them in the sales process because they, they're not able to use or they don't understand that getting an agreement with the customer is how you're going to move forward with them. They're going to like you. They're going to trust you. They're going to think that you have something in common, right? Like the first thing when meeting a friend is like, do we have anything in common? Right? Like, I remember, uh, I've got a good buddy of mine right now. Um, my wife and I, we were at the park. This is, I don't know. Our daughter was six, eight months old, something like that. Maybe a year old. Anyway, we were at the park together on a, on a weekend and, we saw this guy and his wife and their daughter there as well. And I started talking to him and found out that he mountain bikes, right? And I like mountain biking. Like, immediately, we became, like, really good friends. Why? Because we found something in common with us. Like, commonality is one of the most important and impactful things that you can develop early on to influence people and to persuade people. And that's how friendships are born initially. And so what I'm saying is, it you know, Another way to look at it is you're trying to find commonality with the surgeon. Like, whatever they agree with, just tell them you freaking agree with it. And it's not an intention to lie to the customer. The idea is that I need to develop a relationship with this customer long term. And it's going to start with how I handle the first five minutes of meeting them, right? Like, whether we like it or not, most of our opinions about people are developed in the first five minutes of meeting them, probably less you can't ignore that fact. And so use, use your, uh, use your time with the surgeon early on, especially as a way simply to get on the same page with them, find some commonalities, tell them like, yeah, yeah, I'm in single row is the, is the best thing. What later on, you can come back and say, you know, one of the things I was thinking is there is some decent, good data out there for these specific rotator cuff tear patterns. Have you ever considered doing a double row? in these specific patients and work them into it, right? You can't take them from no to yes in a second. Most people need to be helped getting there. You're not going to move them from no to yes. You're going to move them from no to maybe, and then maybe to yes. And sometimes that process takes a while. So um, I hope that communicates. I was trying to take a few more minutes to unpack that further because I think, you know, the soundbite version might not really do it justice or might not really understand what I was saying or really trying to communicate. Again, this is in our medical sales certification program training. Um, It's in the sales fundamentals course. You can find that online. Um, All of our training courses are free there for medical sales reps or aspiring medical sales reps. So if you're somebody that wants to get a job in medical sales, that may be something you want to check out. Um, If you have any further questions you can reach me directly, Colby at Medical Sales um, Hope this was beneficial for you all. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode. Bye.